This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The BHP Podcast is proudly presented by Dead Down Wind, Stealth Cam, Tinks, Skullhooker, Grind Life Coffee. We also want to tell you guys to check out the new Fred Bear Feel Notes Podcast, available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Learn about Fred Bear and his heritage. It's something you're not going to want to miss, and it's one of those things that really bring bow hunters together. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Bowhunter Planet podcast once again. It is myself, Tim Mazzarana, with a short crew today, just me and Kevin Conlon. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing fine. Man. Good, man. I think we're short because we're the ones that still got to go get deer. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, man. They, they left us to it because they're out uh, celebrating their, you know, the, the the deer that they've harvested this year. So, um, you know, all in all, um, you know, we wanted to talk to everybody about like what we're going to be doing, you know, leading up to late season at this point, being that we um, haven't haven't harvested a, a deer. Um but up until this point, I got to be honest, I'm I'm very happy with the way that the season has progressed, at least from my standpoint, um, seeing the number of deer that I've seen, being patient, having shots, passing, you know, just just kind of waiting. And I think this is the first year I've ever really done that. I think every year I'm, I'm always just sitting there going, OK, first thing that comes out, that's what we're doing. And I think I think I've learned over the last two seasons because it's been a pretty challenging last two seasons um patience is key Mm -hmm. it's not always about what you see first it's kind of learning that deer and that that deer herd that you are involved with i mean Mm -hmm. you're sitting in the middle of their area um you kind of got to get to know them a little bit um and it was very similar last year i didn't have uh, much success at all in the beginning part of the season sat a whole bunch barely saw anything and it came down to the wire last hunt of the year um, where I harvested a uh, decent buck uh, for myself. So uh, very similar this year, although I didn't harvest a decent buck with what would typically be my last year. But now my brain's going to, 
we still got a month left. So. Yeah. And that's a, you know, my season's been a little different. I spent the first part of the season in South Dakota trying my hand at some spot and stock, which yeah. is, you know, I saw a lot of deer, a lot of action. It's tough to connect. I'm not going to lie, especially when you're 65 years old and you're humping up and down ravines and stuff like that. So. Right. But I enjoyed it immensely. But uh, quite honestly, my season back home has not been too productive. I've not been yeah. seeing a lot of deer. I went to the UP. Uh, the weather was really bad, so I didn't get much of a chance up there. But I'm not uh, giving up. I've got uh, some really nice bucks on camera down close to where we live here, and I'm going to be hunting that area, which is typically a lot more deer uh, than where I go into UP. I go into UP because... That's tradition. Tradition. I love it. You know, it's beautiful. It's wilderness. Yeah. But it's tough hunting. I'm not you get your lie. mind straight up there, right? Yeah. And now I'm ready to uh, connect with something down here. Yeah. <laughs> Just yesterday, actually, I went out hunting. Uh, it got dark around 530. I stayed a little extra just to, you know, just see if anything was going to come out. I left. And at 6.07, a huge buck was right in, on camera. Right, no. Right in front of where I was sitting. Yeah, no, yeah. that stinks, man. He probably watched me walk away. <laughs> probably. Yep. He probably knew you were there. He's like, oh, nope, he's gone. I can come out now. Yeah. So, um, Was he hitting a food plot? Is that what he was doing when he came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. If we put some food plots in, and uh, he came out into the food plot. Yeah, and that's what, I, that's what I'm wondering. That, you know, this this part of the year, um, you know, we I think we've already seen the rut. I think the rut's pretty much done at this point. Well, there's always that second um, rut. And, and there is. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I haven't I haven't experienced a lot of the second rut. So so give me some stories. What, yeah, do, you, well, what do you mean by second rut? And tell those that, well, that don't know. Well, typically uh, about a month after the, you know, the doe go into heat and uh, the, the rut is on and, <coughs> excuse me, and then, you know, a lot of them get mated and, okay, but then the ones that don't, about a month later, then they cycle into heat again. And so that's like the second rut. It's not as... Not as intense. Not as intense, but nope. definitely, uh, especially some of those young does that, uh, you know, they might be just old enough to come into the heat for their first time. Uh, so the bucks get, you know, they get active again. So uh, like I said, it's typically about a month after the first one. So we're looking at... You know, in December sometime, it's probably going to happen again. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so I, I'm, I'm a little excited to get back out. Um, typically this time of year, I've worn out my little welcome with the wife mm-hmm. in regards to um, being gone, you know, and, and hunting as much as I do. And uh, I usually call it a rest during gun season here in Michigan. That's that's uh, the second half of November, mm-hmm. which um, when we're recording this right now, we're in. Um, so I'm laying low the next couple of weeks, and then I think we're going to give it another go here, um, yeah. you know, starting in December again. And I do want to I do want to check out I, I think I want to be more selective going into late season of when I hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I learned is just because you're sitting out in the field, I know I, you you have to be there to shoot them. And I get that. But just because you're sitting there does not mean that you're going to see anything, right? There is definitely a pattern to what these deer do, when they come out, why they come out. And I think I'm going to be a lot more selective in trying to figure out, um, you know, through trail cam pictures, like the the uh, the wireless ones that we're running and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. really what their pattern is. 
um, to be able to try and pick the right days to go. Because um, last thing I want to do is this time of the year um, be gone for another you know week. I I, I my wife would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's a that's, that's nice about you know I'm retired now. I got a a spot that I can drive to within about a half hour hunt and be home that night. So yeah, that's I'm awesome. going to work on that. You know, the thing about this late season hunting too is, so the other thing is there's the second rut and, you know, you, you, your, your bucks get active, look chasing after those, you know, there's less dough, so they got to cover more ground right. to, to find them. But the other thing is, is so the, the bucks use up a lot of energy in this rutting season. You know, they've, they've been fighting, they've been dominating, then they go into the, you know, mating season. And it's, you know, December's coming, so winter is coming. Winter so is coming. when this is over, those bucks, even the big ones, have to try to get, they lose their some of their fat. They have to try yeah. to get that back on for the winter. So hunting, you know, the food plots and stuff in the late season uh, is is a good thing that you know typically you wouldn't expect to see a big buck in a food plot in the middle of the rut in the middle of the day, but it could happen in December. Or the yeah, end of and December and that's a great like point that. because you know early season, um, you know some of the places that we hunt the corn's still up. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of food to go around. Um, maple leaves are still you know still on the branches. Acorns are still uh, fresh you know on the ground for for the deer to eat. So there's plenty of food sources early season. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't see a lot of big bucks early season ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big part. Why they, they know they're smart animals. They're nighttime. They're nocturnal. And you know, I, you're right. That life pressure, the pressure of just, you know, needing to survive, needing to, yeah. um, you know, put on a little bit more fat and get your, their energy back up after running so hard for the last month. Um, is really going to drive these deer. And I, and I agree with you 100%. I think that's where I changed it up a little bit. And I hunt a little bit. So early season, um, I, I like to hunt the highways, right? I like to look for the tracks, where they're moving, kind of pattern them that way in regards to where their normal mover, moving patterns are. And late season, um, I've gotten more and more towards looking towards food sources yeah. than it is that movement pattern um, just for that reason, right. um, and, and even if it's not for the reason of they're trying to store it for the winter, they're mammals. They have to eat, right? right? They they it's not they're they're not storing up fat. They're not hibernating. It's not like okay, you're gonna get them and then you're they're not. They have to eat and they have to yeah. eat almost every day, if not every day. Yeah, and I look at it too when I'm out there. If it's cold, I look at the they're cold. Yeah. And they got to get up and and yeah, eat and move to, around to keep their heat yep. heat level up. So, you know, I, I really think that that time of year is is especially if you have like some turnips or or you know stuff that's it may even be high, under high the, sugar. Yeah, maybe even under the snow that they have to dig for. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll typically try to hunt those areas or at least the trails leading to that food source. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put some long days in on some of those if I can stay warm. Now, have you, have you, um, have you hunted a lot of December hunts before? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've hunted quite a few and, you know, usually a lot of times I'll, I'll use that late hunt too as the time that I'm going to take my doe if I'm going to take a doe for some meat, you know? Yep. And, uh, like, you know, I haven't got a, a deer yet, so I, uh, you know, 
a lot of times I'll, I'll get a late season doe, mm-hmm. you know, because typically I don't like to shoot them early in the season because I look at them as, okay, when the they're rut, the breeders, when the rut comes, that's my bait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I can get, if I can get where the does are, then chances are that a, a buck will make a mistake. Yeah. No, and there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theory around that. And it's, it's exactly that you take the doe out early especially the dominant doe yeah. that that buck knows is there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to be as apt to stick around that same area or be in that same pattern that he was in. So absolutely. Right. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. So, yeah. um, I, and I think that's where I'm at right now. Um, you know, for me, the season that I've had, the, the action that I've seen, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, if I don't get one, I'm not going to consider the season, you know, terrible. It could have been if it if it wasn't for the action that I did see like the last you know yeah. couple of days of hunting that that I was in. But uh, I I think I would take you know I'm, at this point I'm I'm not gonna be sitting for the big buck mm-hmm. at this point. Right. It is gonna be more opportunistic. Yeah. You know what's in front of me. You know and at, the, at the time. So you know a lot of times with the does too. You know if I got a choice between several does, I don't always take the biggest one. Right, because I'm looking for you know I don't want the smallest one, but I want that one that's that's good. I'm looking for meat, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes that two or three year old, you know, that young that young doe is you know is 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 the good meat. Get a little Christmas present in the freezer, you there know, you for for the month of December. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you made it. You made a good comment earlier. I mean, as long you go out, as long as you can stay warm, right? Mm-hmm. In in right. December, at least where we're at, um, not everywhere, but at least where we're at, it it can be brutal. It can yeah. be it can be not brutal, yeah. but it can be brutal, right? Um, and we've seen evidence of that. You know, if if the season keeps going the way that it's going, it's gonna be cold. Yeah, and we're gonna see snow. But, and it's going to be one of those where you really have to think about the safety part of it, which yeah. is always, you know, always in mind. But, um, you know, what you're going to do to stay warm out. In the yeah. Field. So and it's so much easier to see the deer when it's snow on the ground. It, it is. Yeah. And yeah. tracking them. Is I so love much easier. It's just I, I, I there's just something about after you shoot a deer in the snow, tracking them. And it is it is so cool to just kind of be able to see exactly what they did you know right, it's not like right. when the snow is gone and you're just doing the blood trail it's cool but you're always so focused on fe- finding that next blood drop mm. is it here did they turn here you know where did it go and when you're tracking them in the snow i just find it fun yeah um it just brings back some of that energy you yeah. know plus when you gotta drag them they slide so easy they do <laughs> they absolutely do yeah the one so the one that i shot last year we had we had a couple inches the night before and i remember um, I shot, it was about 35 yards. I wasn't sure it was a good shot at all from what it looked like to me. It, I hit low on the leg. Um, and he ran cause he ran off. Didn't look like he was hurt anything like that. And I, so I waited about 45 minutes, um, got out. Cause I, he, he ran, he ran, he ran around in a U back behind this tree cover. And I didn't know, if he was laying down there, I didn't know if he ran off from there. I didn't know anything. So I gave it a good 45 minutes, got out, um, just to go find my, my bolt, my boat, my bolt was broken half. Um, I didn't have blood on the part that I found. And so I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good shot or not. Um, so I started to creep around and you could see exactly what we were talking about the tracks in the snow. 
and started following the tracks and about, it took about 35 yards, but about the 35 yard mark, you would see just little drops, you mm-hmm. know, in the snow blood. and there was good four inches. So you couldn't see the blood, but you can see kind of a little bit and you know, drop down underneath, you know, in, into the cover. And I followed it all the way around to the tree brush and uh, went to the road, it crossed the road. And when I got to the road, you could just see blood all the way across the road. And I'm just like, okay, I think, I think we might've found it. I'm still a little bit nervous about finding it. And, uh, came back in, uh, you know, changed. We got cameras ready, all that kind of stuff. We went out and he was sitting like 40 yards on the other side of the road. So really cool. But he actually went and it was a heart shot. Hit him, uh, hit him straight in the heart, but he still went a hundred twenty-ish yards. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it was it was crazy to see how hard they went. It happens. So. They get that adrenaline pump and they can go. You know, absolutely. They're running dead. Yeah, but there is there <laughs> is something. I mean, the snow falling. Just it, it's it's an amazing time of year yeah. to be out in the woods. Um, I love sitting in a ground yeah. line. And it, you know, for me, if it's if it's between twenty and thirty-two, you know, it's. It, 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 it's when it's down like five or, or below ten. It's when it's like down that. five and it's, and it's when windy. The wind is yes, blowing. and you got it when there's a little bit of a breeze. Even when it's even when it's ten degrees, which we did this pat like not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no wind, it's still manageable. Yeah. Um, it, it and you're right. It's when that wind kicks up just a little bit that you're just you're dying on the inside. You're like, how much longer can can I do it? Um, yeah. And I don't know if you agree with me. You always seem a little bit warmer though. When the deer start coming out, oh, yeah, <laughs> even in five degree weather, no, nobody's nobody's cold when the bucks running around. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, what's some of the what's some of the worst weather that you've hunted in? Oh, geez, I mean, I mean, like I said, hunting in the Upper Peninsula, of Michigan, I've had some. I think you know this. Actually, this year may be some of the worst. We were talking about it. You know, like five degrees is pretty cold for November. You know, that is really and, cold uh, for November. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it only got up to 15, 17 during the day. <coughs> that was only a couple of days. And then it, you know, it was in the 20s. And, yeah. But at night it was going down. You know, we we, we were burning, you know, we got a wood stove to keep our camp warm. And we just were burning through the wood to try to keep warm, you know. So that was, that was you know, you're up every two hours putting wood on the fire. To, to that cold, warm. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I will say this, one of the most interesting days, you know, we talk about like, I don't know what other people who don't know Michigan, we have a saying in Michigan that says, if you don't like the weather, stick around because it's going to change. Mm-hmm. So I had a day in, in the Upper Peninsula where I, a lot of times in the, in the beginning of gun season, I'll do uh, dark to dark hunts. I'll go out, I find, you know, I have a blind, I'll, I'll go out, I'll take sandwiches, coffee, whatever, and I'll stay in that, that blind. <coughs> Excuse me. I was staying that blind all day. So I went out, and it was probably, you know, it was cold. I was all bundled up. It was cold. And I started hunting in the morning. Daybreak came. By 10 o'clock, the sun was out. It was warming up. By 11 o'clock, I was down to my T-shirt. You know, it was like 50 degrees or yeah. something like that. Then the clouds rolled in. By about 1 o'clock, I was putting my clothes back on because it was getting cold <laughs> and it started to rain. Oh, geez. By two o'clock, it was sleeting. By three o'clock, it was snowing. By the time I came in at night, 
it was about three inches on the ground already. So I had in, I had gone through basically every season. Every season, yeah. That you can imagine. Went back to camp. It snowed that night. Woke up the next morning to two feet of snow. Wow. So that was within 24 hours. That's of absolutely a, crazy. Of a Michigan hunt yeah. in the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. You know, and that's that that can happen. And then, you know what? And uh, that next day, I shot a deer. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Which was, that yeah, was pretty cool. You know, I didn't expect it because I said, oh, geez, too much snow. How was it dragging out a deer in two feet of snow, though? Um, it wasn't too bad because we had uh, sleds. Okay. You know, we we uh, loaded it onto a sled and yep. skidded it out. Yeah. That's easy on top of snow. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It yeah just, it's got to so, it's got to yeah. take all the weight off. So. Yeah. So and it, it didn't go very far either. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to drag it too far. All right, so let's take a quick break. Um, When we get back, let's uh, talk about how we stay warm out in the field, our attire. Since 1971, Burris has been the leader in optics innovation, and that continues today with products like the new Oracle Rangefinding Bowsight. Burris offers the best value on the market today. Their optics are durable, reliable, and affordable. Everything they offer from red dots and rifle scopes to their binos and bowsights are backed by their forever warranty. Burris, find what matters. 4K and the XV4's advanced high-resolution night imaging to the latest in wireless technologies. Stealth Cam continues to deliver the highest quality, most reliable trail cameras available. Your images begin at StealthCam.com. It's coffee break time. If you're looking for premium coffee for those who grind every day, if life is an adventure and not just a routine, Grind Life is for you. You could be an adventurer, military person, first responder, outdoorsman, factory worker, or just red-blooded patriotic American. Grind Life is here to help you achieve success in everything you do. Visit GrindLifeCoffee.com and tell them BHP Podcast sent you. And enjoy a fresh brew. 4K and the X. All right, we are back, and I uh, wanted to chat just for a couple minutes here about uh, you know how we stay warm out in the field. So um, you know, for me, I uh, when it, when it is cold out, I'm a bib guy. I love wearing bibs, um, overalls. You know, insulated overalls. It is um, the warmest thing to me. Um, I dress in layers. Absolutely. So I will wear my bibs, but underneath my bibs, I'll usually have a pair of thick, like cotton jogging pants on. Um, I don't usually typically, I, 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 I love the, um, uh, what's the brand? I don't remember the brand, but the, uh, the heat, the foot warmers. So I'll put a couple foot warmers on. Um, usually I put them on top. A lot of people put them on the bottom, but I find my foot stays warmer if I put it on top of my foot, mm-hmm. um, and then put my, then put my boot on. So I got my boots, uh, foot warmers on a uh, nice pair of socks, nothing crazy, just kind of a normal pair of, uh, you know, thick cotton socks, um, jogging pants, bibs. And then, uh, my upper body, I I'm usually like quadrupled layered. So I'll have a t-shirt on long sleeve shirt, a sweatshirt, and then over the sweatshirt, I have, uh, depending on how cold it is, I'll either be wearing a thick hoodie um, or I have a uh, Sherpa, um, like the the fuzzy inside um, hoodie that's a zip up. But I usually, because I'm a ground blind guy, 
um, I usually just black it out. So everything is black. Um, you know, you look in the ground blind, you can't see anything. You're sitting against a black wall. So that's typically the color choice that I do. Uh, but it allows with, me with your orange though. Uh, well, if it's gun, yes, yeah. yes. Crossbow don't need it here in right. Michigan. Uh, with gun, absolutely. Um, and I'll have like an orange vest on, orange hat, uh, most definitely. Um, but it allows me to, you know, go through those days that you were just talking about, in which it can start off cold, get warm, get cold again, and you can delayer. Yeah. Um, and I've I've had times where I'm sitting in a t-shirt and bibs. Right. You know, my bibs have the little zip, you know, the, the zipper on the side. I'll open those up and vent, you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but it's just, you know, you, you got to be prepared. I guess my point is, is, you know, everybody talks about layers and, you know, we tell our kids, you know, even even nowadays growing up, like when it's cold outside, you got to wear layers, you know, all that kind of. But it's true. Yeah. Layers are what keeps your body warm. Yeah, that's a, well, I'm I'm kind of the same way, except uh I don't use those foot warmer things anymore. I used to use them and my feet would get too warm because one of the things I learned uh, way back, I used to not splurge on my boots mm-hmm. you know, and and put two pairs of socks on. And I, was, I found now that the, the, the boots they make now with the insulating yeah. and stuff like that, you buy a good pair of boots yep. and get a good pair of socks that'll wick the water away. And I usually stay pretty warm in my And I, I can appreciate that comment because there there are times where I'm sitting there, 10 degree weather, and I'm like, eh, I didn't really need it. Um, I just don't want to be that. I, I would rather suffer through hot feet yeah. than be there and be cold. Well, my whole thing is a lot of times in the winter, I'm in a ground blind with a heater. So if I get to a point where my feet are bothering me, I'll, I'm done for that day. I mean, yeah. it's just like, okay, so this is just... You know, but with good boots, good socks, and a heater, I really never. I mean, even in the UP where I hunt, when it's really cold, I have no, no issues. No, it makes sense. The other thing is, I like you. I layer. I'm not a big. I used to like bibs. I'm not a big fan of bibs. I just feel like they just are just too bulky for me. You mm-hmm. know, so I go with the layering. But um, you know, I think it a lot of it starts with a good thermal underwear layer. You know. Uh, yep. Not cotton. I will say that, you know, you mentioned that you use cotton. I, I, I learned from a guy who used to do winter camping, and uh, he taught me a lot about staying warm. And he said, he had a saying, he said, cotton kills. And I don't know if you've ever heard that saying. but No, I have. And, and I, I appreciate that 100%. I don't wear cotton where it's like an exposed layer. It's it's yeah. I do it under the bibs only because it, it keeps... It, to me, it, it's more comfortable than anything else that I've worn. Right. Um, but that's the only reason why. But yeah. you have, but you have a great point, and I want you to finish that. The the problem with cotton, what he taught me was that once it gets wet, it doesn't dry. Yeah. And you get wet, and then it gets cold enough, and then it starts freezing around you. So, you know, like like blue jeans in the wilderness, right? Is a big no no. Yep. Just, so. Now with the stuff they make, you know, like this, this, you know, this wicking, wicking away nylons and stuff like that, um, I usually go with with that type of uh, thing. Yep. I do like, like you said, the sweatshirt with the with the nice soft liner in it. Mm-hmm. I, I do like those because they just make you feel so warm and it fuzzy. Does. You know, it does. So, it, it it it's like a big hug. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, the big thing is, is I like I, I don't. I'm not crazy about that foot warmers, but I love the hand warmers. I take them hand warmers and put them in my pockets. And then when my hands start getting cold, I just 
put my hands in my pocket. Yeah, and and you know, and I used w- to be one of those guys that wore big thick gloves. Yeah. And I would always freeze. Yep. Every time. Yeah. Even with the hand warmers, you, you put the hand warmers in, but what I what, what it is is that like once your fingers start to get cold, you're done. Right. And so I I actually don't even in the coldest weather now. Mm-hmm. I have a pair of gloves for an emergency. Mm-hmm. But I don't typically wear gloves. You just keep your hands in your pockets. I keep my hands in my pockets. Yeah. Or I have what I actually use is a muff. Yep. So I have one of those muffs. Yeah. Um, I'll keep my hands in the muff. And that that to me, the, the easiest way to stay warm is is a couple heat warmers, no gloves, and um just just free hands. Now, if I am gonna wear gloves because maybe it's a little bit cold, I'll start with in in no joke about this, just dollar store gloves. Yeah. You got those dollar pair, those little stretchy like cheerleader gloves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I use mm-hmm. uh, for 90% of the, t- of the stuff that I'm doing. And if it's super cold, I have a pair just in case emergency situation, but I don't usually yeah. use them. And I, I'm always a big thing on a good hat because obviously mm. I don't have the hair to keep my head warm. But, yeah. you know, you lose a, a, a good portion of your body heat is lost through your head if it's not covered. Yeah. So that's that's important. But uh, Great tip. You know, I like to use a heater in my blind in those late seasons, and I love my yeah. um my uh, trapper hat. Trapper so hat, there that, you go. Yeah. I, I I love that thing in the super cold weather. It blocks the wind. That the fur that kind of sticks out, mm-hmm. it blocks the wind from hitting your face because it's kind of muffling it as it as it's coming through. Covers your ears, covers your head. Um, I swear by that thing in the winter time. Well, the thing I start using too is <laughs> we start we start buying those uh, face we start getting those face masks for yeah going to play yeah and I put one around my neck and yep. I'll you know if I have a breeze I'll pull it up and block the wind and and uh, those things work great for they doing do. all kinds of different things you know? they do and I I love them too I think the one problem I always have is I'm getting wet mm-hmm. you know for my breath just the humidity of me breathing in and out so I find myself a lot. Um, I'll have it on. I'll have right. I'll have something like that on. But I find myself um, not putting on my face a me lot. Me too. But I do. There is something to me, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's habit. I don't know if there's anything to this. When a deer comes in, mm-hmm. that's the first thing I do is I put that mask up because yeah, I don't want my face to look like a face. Yeah, my problem is I wear glasses, so if I put it over my mouth and nose, my glasses fog up. Ah, that's it. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, I I have a hard time with that. You know, so yep. just something you got to deal with but good yeah staying warm is important because if you're not comfortable out there first thing you do is you start shifting around moving around and and you're impatient you're wondering where you know where you know you're you're trying to get out of there you're not you're not sitting as long as you can be sitting um and and it can be dangerous you know you got to be safe the other thing i do and i know this is a no-no because of the scent of it but you know if i'll hunt for a few hours two three hours in the cold weather and I figure like, okay, I can either go take a break or warm up somewhere, mm-hmm. or I can just take a coffee out and have a coffee. <laughs> there you go. I'll take a thermos out there and have a coffee. <laughs> warm up a little bit. And I just look at it like, okay, I'm on a break. Yep. And then I cover it back up. And, yeah. Uh, you know, one thing good about the coffee is when it when you open it up, you can see which way the wind is blowing. Ah, if, from the steam? Yeah. yeah. So if the wind is wrong, i like, right. oh, let me cover this back right. up, you know, but... Typically, I'll, I'll say, okay. The Drinking wind, that Grind Life coffee, I that's bet. That's it. The wind is fine, and uh, and uh, that's my uh, thing, and I'll take a break and warm up. and Awesome. 
move on. Good. So. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on the Bull Hunter Planet Podcast. Hope for Hopefully your season is going to be as successful as our season, uh, especially coming up here in the late season. And uh, stay warm out there. We will see you next time on the Bull Hunter Planet Podcast. Have a good one, guys. Good luck. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.